Hi everyone and welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. Holly here and today I'm very excited to be speaking with Sebastian Long. Sebastian is an account executive at Intercom, the tech company that provides firms with a platform to communicate with customers at scale. Intercom is also one of Ireland's very few unicorns and for any listeners that may not know what a unicorn is, it's a business term used to describe a startup valued at over a billion dollars. So I'm very much looking forward to asking Sebastian about what it's been like working in the company that has experienced such exponential growth in such a short period of time. Hi Sebastian, great to have you on the podcast. How are you? Not too bad at all, Holly. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, very excited to be here. Likewise, likewise. So before we delve into your experience at Intercom, I might just ask you for a bit of background on your college life. So from my understanding, you studied best in Trinity were you always interested in business or do you think like quite a few students you sort of chose business to get a relatively general degree under your belt uh probably the latter yeah I'm (laughs) kind of interested in business to be honest Uh, I was originally uh briefly in law for a week and then I decided uh, I just I wasn't really for me to be honest um I did something I did best because when I looked at the curriculum and what the four years would entail um essentially it was quite broad and I as somebody who didn't really know what they wanted to do um but I knew something vaguely business oriented interested me was what really interested me in school uh it was uh it was a path that seemed uh seemed to make a lot of sense to go down yeah no great it's nice you got to make your mind up there about not liking going the first week <laughs> I, I had sort of I had sort of thought before that I probably wasn't going to want to do that but uh and there was nothing particularly bad about the week I spent doing law um I I just over the course of the summer I probably made that decision myself <laughs> yeah, no well it worked out by the sounds things so then I guess when you were in Trinity did you get involved in any extracurricular activities at all yeah so I one well, one thing uh, my definitely my last three years in Trinity I I'd done quite a bit of extracurricular stuff I probably hadn't in my first year and my, I suppose my first recommendation would be to get in any society whether it's you read to your course or your sport or or, or even just something you thought you might be generally interested in, but definitely recommend getting in as early as possible. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I had in my second year briefly played rugby, which is how I came across Finn, who obviously is associated with the podcast um, as well. Now I got injured very early on, um, but I, uh, very, two very dodgy shoulders, unfortunately. But I had actually met uh, Finn through there. And I suppose the first recommendation would be like, you know, when you get involved in a society or a sport, um, those kind of contacts stay with you long after university so it's really something I'd recommend um, but to your question yeah I got involved in um, a I got involved in rugby in Trinity briefly I was also involved in uh, what we called the Trinity Fishing Society um, which was uh, just set up in the second year when I was there and so that was really fun I was involved in that with um, a, a group of my friends helping to organize events um which was really fun really good experience to meet a lot of people who were outside of my course as well um yeah. and yeah just being involved in the setting up of a society and having to figure out how you're going to raise funds we were only provisional at the time and having to figure out how we might get from provisional to full-time status was a uh, really really fun and, and skills that I had in my CV coming out of college to say um to say look I was involved in actually setting something up and the day-to-day management of it so um got a good mix of sort of a practical skills but also being involved in sport a sport that I really enjoyed as well great yeah no I didn't even realize Trinity had a fishing society so that's very interesting um and then I suppose after college after your four years did you know what you wanted to do I mean at this point were you interested in tech already or I guess were you just eager to get into the workforce and start working full-time it probably makes it both I'd love to say I came out of uh college 
uh, unbelievably laser focused on what I thought I'd, I'd enjoy doing. But I, don't, I mean, there are people who are that and, and fair play to them, but I, did, I think most people probably aren't, aren't quite at that, that area. Um, I had worked in a, for the first year out of college, I worked in sort of a finance operations role, um, I, mostly because I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. But over the course of that year, I came to a pretty clear realization that I wanted to work in a tech company. Um, the reason being, it, it was a maybe a little bit shallow initially, but part of the reason was the fact that all the happiest employees the place that kept coming top of the happiest places to work and the best benefits and that kind of thing were tech companies. Uh, I knew in and of myself, I didn't have the head to be an engineer. It just, it just wasn't a skill that came naturally to me. Um, I saw myself as someone who was quite confident. I was, I was decent at speaking, which I don't think are, are the prerequisites people feel they are for roles in sales. I think sometimes people get intimidated by thinking I need to be this incredibly schmoozy, unbelievably good speaker to be in sales, which is really not, it's really not the case. It's not that you need to be a complete extrovert to be in sales. But I knew that that kind of role would probably suit me and would get me into the best company. So that's kind of a path I took um, after that. And that's something that, to be honest, again, going back to the benefit of, of getting involved outside of your, you know, your, just your course and your friends and your course in college is something I, I came to from speaking to friends from who actually did different things in Trinity, who I'd met uh, from college nights out and societies and kind of thing, who worked in tech roles um, and who were selling a lifestyle and, and telling about it, telling a job to me that just really sounded like it would be quite enjoyable. Yeah, great. No, I was going to say, um, I noticed that your job roles after college kind of all were quite similar. So you started out in sort of business development roles and yeah. then gradually went into sales. So I guess you, you did kind of know after college, this was something you were interested in. So do you think you went into sales maybe based on your attributes or... Yeah, it was, again, probably a mixture of like, these are the companies that seem, I, I was sort of a agnostic about, about exactly what I want to do. I never really had like a, a, a burning desire to do a specific role, but I had a really good idea of like the kind of company I wanted to work in. And, and yeah. I think in, you know, being in, in Ireland and not everyone listening to this might be based in Ireland or, or necessarily even in, in like Dublin, for example, I was in a position where, you know, from Dublin, for a city the size of Dublin, it's, it's quite unique the amount of tech opportunities you might have. You might go to other cities throughout Europe or the US and, you know, you'd have your, your law, your medicine, your banking, your accounting, your finance. And I, I definitely saw that Dublin, definitely for the size of us, had Facebook, Google, Twitter, LinkedIn, Microsoft, Airbnb, and, and countless other tech companies who might not be household names to the same extent. So I, me I remember thinking about that as well. I'm thinking, God, it, it would be almost... Uh, from this is my perspective and this might be different for other people it would be almost silly to be in a city with this many tech opportunities and not at least try that for a while you know so to answer your question directly it was a mixture I suppose of I saw myself as being a, a, you know quite a confident speaker and um, good with people but again I don't think those are I, I really don't think those are if somebody sees themselves as more introverted definitely isn't something that should put you off a career in tech sales but as a mix of the attributes I felt I had and my desire to at least try tech and just see what that was like you know absolutely yeah no it's really interesting you saying you know maybe being outgoing and have the having those sort of soft skills aren't as necessary as maybe people think they are to go into a sales role so would you not say necessarily that um those are the exact skills you would need to be good at that job like and if not what are i suppose some skills that you might need to go into a job role in sales yeah 100 percent um and so i suppose uh to the first part of the question is, I think it's absolutely, if you can, you know, ultimately, 
if you're especially like it would be B, I work in B2B software sales, that would be a lot of the roles that are available in Dublin. Um, but some of the tech sales roles you'd be selling, they'd be slightly more B2C, for example, but most would be selling, and sorry, to clarify business to business versus business to consumer. Yeah. Um, so yes, absolutely. If you think, you know, you want to be able to communicate really clearly, you want to be able to generate excitement in people about the product you're selling. So what I would say is in college, take any and all opportunities, and this is a bit of a regret from my side, to learn your public speaking. Um, one thing that I've found in working in a tech company, we're quite lucky in that we work closely with our San Francisco colleagues who would do the same role selling into America. And one thing I've definitely found is um, th there's generally, and I'm slightly generalizing, but it really is something I've found people tend to come out of college in the US and particularly San Francisco, it's, it's a hyper-competitive tech market as Dublin is as well. Generally, people tend to be a better public speakers, better at speaking in front of big, big groups of people. And it's something you can really notice. Something I also noticed in, in, um, in, in my college in Dublin as well is that we had a guy from a top German university and we were doing a presentation in a, in a tutorial and people on, in our group were reading of, you know, off notes and I remember him saying to me, I won't repeat exactly what he said, but he said, if that happened in Germany, in the university he was in, you'd be laughed out of the class. So I'm sure it's got, I'm a few years out of college now and it might've changed since then. But when it comes to, sorry, being able to, and you don't necessarily need to be, you know, incredibly gifted motivational speaker levels of speaking, but being able to calmly, confidently and articulately speak in front of whether it's one person or a group of people on a sales call is critical. Beyond that, though, I, you know, some of the, the people who are who have performed best in, in Intercom that I've noticed and, and are particularly, um, you know, have brought in the most revenue in many ways, aren't the people who are necessarily the most, you know, gregarious, but the people who they just bring a sense of calm and they can really and not to get too deep in the weeds of what it takes to be good at sales. And um, that's obviously the, the area I'm coming from. People who can really speak like calmly and they can reassure people that they know what they're talking about and almost become a trusted advisor so it's sort of a long-winded way of answering your question i know but i in terms of like what personality is going to work well in sales i would lean less from being incredibly confident and loud and gregarious and more being able to come across really calmly and clearly but also being able to show that you're listening to people being able to come across as someone who's really clearly listening to people, I cannot stress enough how critical that is, not just in sales, but in any job where you're going to be dealing with people. If people feel like they're really clearly being listened to, um, you know, they'll really start to trust you and, and value your opinion, regardless of what role you're in. You know, I really like your point there about um, listening to customers. I'm sure that's something they, they definitely appreciate from your company. But um, yeah, just to move on to Intercom in a little bit more depth, if you want to, first of all, maybe give us a bit of background about what Intercom do as a company. And then next up, if you want to just um, maybe explain to people how you got involved in Intercom, like were you specifically looking to get involved in a startup or what kind of drew you to the company? Sure. And I'll do my best not to go into pitch mode since I work for, for sales here. No, I joke. Please, um, please feel free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I suppose, yeah, the first thing is we're hiring a lot at the minute for, for grad <laughs> roles to definitely check out um, Intercom's career page, intercom.com forward slash careers. Um, but the second thing <laughs> would be, um, and 
sorry, I've forgotten you, your specific question. So first of all, maybe you just want to give us a bit of background. Sure. About sorry, yeah. yeah. No worries. That was me going into pitch mode. So, so no problem. <laughs> Intercom is, uh, we call ourselves the engagement OS, uh, the engagement operating system. And what that basically means is at the very high level, we do a lot. But the idea is that you've got one software for your entire customer journey. So what that means is that when a customer is on your website evaluating your product, uh, you know, you've got tools there to engage them at that moment of like highest intent. You've got tools you can use to onboard your customers and explain more about what your product does. Um, you've got tools to support your customers. Um, if you have any you know, questions, you can, you can give them a really clear answer. Um, and then longer term, we've got tools to sort of uh, engage your customers from like a marketing and retention perspective. We're probably best known as the little chat bot that appears usually in the bottom right uh, corner of a website that you might be browsing. Um, so yeah, that, that in a nutshell is what we do. We're about 10 years old. We were founded in Dublin um, by four Irish founders. We're now in five cities around the world. I think we're just under a thousand employees. And yeah, it's been, it's been growing really fast. It's been a, an amazing company to be a part of. Yeah, wow. A lot of growth in a very short period of time. Mm. Um, so yeah, would you, I guess, would you consider Intercom then? I mean, a thousand people is a lot of people, but at the same time, that is considered a relatively small company as well. So would you consider Intercom to have a, quite a flat structure in terms of hierarchy? Very much so. Um, we have... Uh, one of the founders was, was sitting almost just across me at lunch today. It, it's a very, it, it would have quite flat hierarchy in that way. Um, it's somewhere you really feel like you can kind of talk to anyone. And, and again, not trying to go too much into, you know, it's a, it's a pitch mode for working in Intercom, but one thing that, um, it, you know, w one thing that I think works well about our culture that I'd encourage anyone looking for a, a role in, in, tech, in tech sales would be is that, you know, the product is built here in Dublin, which is nice rather than being built in San Francisco. Like I'm, I'm currently in the office. You can probably tell in the backgrounds, I'm looking out the window and the product is built on the, the other side. You can, you can really walk over there and, and speak to engineers. Um, so yeah, it, it does have that flat structure. Um, it's, it's quite a open culture in terms of communication as well. Um, so yeah, I would say very much so in, in, in that regard. Yeah, no, God, you're really selling the place anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and apologies for going too much into picture. <laughs> no, no, don't apologize. Um, and then I guess when you did join, what sort of stage was the company asked? Did you find you had quite a steep learning curve from when you first began? Sure, and, and I suppose one thing that anyone listening to this who's, who's looking to go into, maybe not a tech company, but a, a fast-growing tech company, is that, you know, um, it, it, it's 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 scrappy and and not you know intercom i think was about six years old when i joined um our valuation has increased by i'd say uh, i uh, you know it, it's increased pretty strongly uh since i've been there we were pre-unicorn uh, when i joined as well and one thing you notice is that like not you know not every process is absolutely ironclad in terms of like what your onboarding is going to look like because you're growing so fast and the you know the cliche that's used a lot is in intercom you're kind of building the planes you're flying you, you know what i mean um so where we were at was we were a significantly smaller sales team the team uh, you know that the team has ballooned to uh, potentially three or four times just the sales team that i was mm -hmm. on since then and that what that meant and, and you know to make this more applicable is that there's an expectation that if you're going into a company like intercom or at a broadly similar stage to intercom 
you can communicate, you know, you, you're comfortable in a sort of state of change, that you're someone who can come in and not only adapt to a process, but can improve a process. And, and if you can show, you know, throughout in, your, in college, whether you're working in a society or you're part of a sports club, and you might be able to say, this is how we typically did X, I came in and we changed it to this, being able to show that you're able to improve process is huge for working somewhere like here. Because if you're working at a company, unless you're working at a really, really well-established company, um, you're, you know, you're going to come into processes which are, you know, which can be improved. And I would say almost regardless of the size of the company you're at, um, you should be communicating that you're a person who can come in and not just adapt to a process, but also improve on it as well. Great, yeah. And you just mentioned briefly there um, that your sales team has grown three or four times the size of it yeah. as it was that when you started. Um, would you have a lot of collaboration with other teams or do you think you stick mainly to just working with people on the sales team? Yeah, we would have a, a huge amount of collaboration. So I'd be happy to kind of maybe expand upon what my role uh, would involve. So I'm an account executive here. That means that I would be closing uh, new bit. I'd be basically closing new customers um, for intercoms as my guy to evaluate them through the process. Typically, you'd run through like a discovery call where you'd understand a bit more what they need to do. You demo the product and then you kind of you sort out the, the sort of pricing from there. That's a very high level. It's not always that clear cut, but but that's roughly what I do. So in terms of collaboration, absolutely. Um, when you're working in sales, you know, you're going to be work in a tech company, you're going to be working with the product team. Uh, they're constantly looking for feedback on products and what customers are saying about it, because that will help us build better. You work with the marketing team because they're going to be releasing new products, doing rebrands. So they'll say, okay, you're going to need to, uh, this is how we want you to talk about the product and the problem we're solving. You're working with customer support who might have customers you're working with asking tech questions. You're working with other people in the sales team, people like, you know, your, and this would be the entry level tech roles like your SDRs, BDRs, your sales dev reps, business development reps who are passing you customers who are interested. Uh, you're working with account managers who do with existing customers. I could go on. Um, yeah. But essentially, yes, you, you would be working with not only different teams in Intercom, but also different teams within the sales function and being able to show that you can, you know, coming out of college, having a CV where you can say, I've collaborated with, um, I've collaborated with lots of different people, whether it's on group projects, whether you've, you've dealt with different functions within a society you're helping to run, all that kind of thing is, is, is critical to be able to show. Yeah. Well, you sound like you've got quite a broad uh, job role description there. And yeah, as I mean, it's clear on what I suppose is expected of you in terms of revenue, but yeah. it's definitely expected that, um, you know, you, you can collaborate really well with other people rather than just being completely focused on your own, hitting your own target for, for one for a better term. Yeah, no, that's great. And then, as you mentioned, yeah, you are an account executive. And I suppose you started off as, would I be correct in saying, a sales development representative? Yeah. And then you went on to be an account manager and then where you are now, your account executive. So do you want to through, run through maybe your progression and how you got to where you are now in the company? Sure, no worries at all. Um, so I'll try not to get too deeply into the weeds of kind of how uh, like the typical uh, sales promotion path works in, in tech companies, but essentially, yeah. So you'd start off as a sale, it's called sales development reps in some companies, biz development reps in some companies. It can be done slightly different, but broadly it's kind of the same. So I started as an inbound sales development rep. What that means is that you're qualifying inbound opportunities. So people who've come to Intercom typically through, a lot of the time is through paid search, whatever that might be. 
they're on the website and they're interested in learning a bit more. Our job would be to speak to those people and qualify them, understand what they're looking to do, understand a bit more about the company and, um, and the sort of pain they have that's making them look at Intercom, qualify them and then get their information and set up time for them to speak with a, an account executive, which is the role I have now. So that's the inbound part of, of being a sales dev rep. There's also the outbound part where a sales dev rep is like, or a business development rep is, you know, outbounding, like outreaching to customers to try and get them interested. That's done through like email, LinkedIn, phone call, primarily. Um, so that's that, that sort of a initial piece. The, I went to an account manager then, the typical, I suppose, delineation between account exec and account manager. Account managers deal with existing customers, account executives bring in new customers. Again, those lines can be blurred in certain companies, um, but, but that's broadly speaking the, the path there. So an account manager, I was dealing with um, a group of existing customers already using Intercom. Uh, my job was a primarily a mixture of keeping those customers um, as many as possible, but also expanding those customers to either increase their usage by bringing more people in their company onto Intercom, or uh, bringing on more products. Um, an account executive then, I, I moved to account executive. I actually, in between that, I moved to Australia uh, to work for Uber, which was really, really cool as an account executive down there. And um, I worked as account executive there and I kind of, I just really enjoyed um, being an account executive. You've sort of got like a revenue target typically. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a bit clearer in a way in what you need to do. That's That was my personal experience anyway. So when I, when I got that, I, I, I came back to Intercom. I didn't really want to leave Intercom. It was more I kind of wanted to go to Australia because I wanted to, uh, you, know, you might not be able to see my complexion, but I'm sort of ripe for sunburn. Um, but I went <laughs> down and then, um, so I just really enjoyed being an account executive, working with new customers. And so that's my role now is basically I work with a specific industry within the UK um, and I basically bring on customers. I've got like a revenue target um, attached. So Hopefully that, that helped to, to give a bit of guidance on, on the progression I had. Yeah, no, that's a great description. I was going to ask you actually about that brief gap in employment in uh, Intercom, but obviously it was a combination of loving the job role as account executive and then also really loving the company. So exactly. I, I tried to uh, transfer to our Sydney office, but it's quite difficult visa-wise, so I decided to take it in my own hands. Yeah, no, fair enough. And then I guess you want to give us maybe a rundown of a typical day in the life at Intercom. Sure, no worries at all. So uh, this is probably going to be very specific to to my own role, but um, one, yeah, it's, it's a mixture of, I suppose, you're going to be so you're going to be following up with customers you've already spoken to. Um, you are going to so then I've you've got your own task list where you're following up with what we would call sales opportunities. Uh, ones you've spoken to um, to try and you know maybe schedule a next step or understand where the opportunity is at and um, it's a mixture of like internal calls what those might look like are calls again where marketing or outlining new you know new products you have a call with the rest of your team and um, like a like a forecasting call again not to go into too deep but that's where uh, you would give a rundown of your current deals and the sort of target you'd expect to hit by the end of the month other internal calls um, might be just big company all hands where you learn about new products being released. So that's the internal calls. External calls are calls where you're actually dealing with customers themselves, whether that's like a demo call or just a pricing call or whatever that might be. Um, and that would be primarily it. Obviously, there's a lot of responding to emails uh, within there as well. Um, 
but yeah, so it, it can be it could be quite a varied sort of day. And I'm lucky in my role that I would I would get to travel to the UK quite a bit to meet customers. And um, so it's nice to have that now. Um, that now being being uh, again being a factor. Um, you know, you try to be efficient, do what you can over video, but certainly there's a in my role, there's a huge amount to be said for even if you're briefly meeting a customer for an hour or two to kind of show that face. So I'm I'm fortunate that I'm working in the UK, so it's not too difficult to uh, to get over. Yeah, that must be nice being able to travel again post-COVID for sure. Um, and then I guess my two of my last questions are going to be more casual, but I suppose what would be maybe a favourite thing about your job? Um, favourite thing about my job? Ooh, uh, one. something is, and this is maybe going to relate to what I touched on, like like there's an awful lot of benefits to, to working here for sure. But probably a, a favorite thing is I, I'd be back in the office quite quite a bit now is the fact that like there's a real sense of it's a company that has a real sense of ownership about it. So again, uh, and you, you, you get into a company where you really feel like uh, there's a massive sense of ownership at the place, even though we're growing quite fast in terms of numbers and, ta- you know, specifically how that kind of manifests is that our product is built in, in Ireland Um our founders all came from Ireland. So being, I mean, you know, so having that sort of sense in the company is great because it doesn't feel like you're, and again, this maybe goes back to your former question about like, you know, a lot of the management team, the most senior people in the company, you'll see walking around the hall, you know, they'll, they'll be having a coffee beside you. They might even, you know, end up sitting beside you at lunch. So just being in a company that's said in a sense of ownership, again, not putting the intercom hat on too much for, for this is, is really something that I quite enjoy. Great. No. And then one other thing I actually was meaning to ask you kind of surrounds the work life balance of your job, because I know stereotypically, I think tech companies are known for striking this balance quite well. But would you agree or not? I mean, you're obviously in a startup and the nature of a startup can be very different. So, yeah. What would the work life balance be like for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, the first thing I would say is that, you know, there are days where you work long hours. I don't I don't think there's a career out there where that's not a factor um and and like it, it's a you know it, it's a fast-growing company expectations of the role change a lot the actual nature of your role can change significantly um and again when you're growing that fast processes can change really quickly as well and, you know being able and this is a huge one for people like uh, being able to come out of college with the cv that implies that hey there's a six-week period in, in college where i had four group projects due you know it was coming to the end of my season on my my hockey and my, my hurling team um, I also had, you know, I might have I had other things going on as well. I was interviewing for roles. Being able to show that you're kind of comfortable in chaos, for want of a better term, is, is a huge factor. But but that being said, I suppose back to your question, like the great thing about, about tech companies and something that appealed to me initially was that there's such a concerted effort here to take care of. You know, we're quite lucky that we've got, you know, we've got things, you know, there's, there's the things that get a lot of press, so like meals on site. Um, that kind of thing we've got a lovely location the office is really nice they work hard we have a lot of social events now that are organized so you can you know there's always something to look forward to but it's even stuff like you know your managers are my manager and managers that i've worked with here very comfortable about you taking time to work from home and if you're performing well there's absolutely no issue we actually have an unlimited paid time off policy so if you're you know if you're doing what's needs to be done you should be rewarded for that you know so um we you know we get time with services um you know we kind of you know mental health services as well um so you know yes it's demanding yes there are particularly in sales we have what's called like end of quarter 
that can be a particularly chaotic time, but it's a company without going into all the specifics. It's a company that realizes that if you just work people to the bone all the time, they're not going to be productive and they're going to leave. So there's a massive emphasis here on, on creating that work-life balance. Great. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like whatever you put in, you do get out of it. And, I sure. and what I would say is, as well, like if, if people are looking at, at different tech companies, like these days, you know, with the, the myriad of reviews that are out there and sort of job review sites too, you know, it's something I'd really look for that, like, you know, there is a concern for people, you know, that, that people do have the time to, to take time off and not constantly be checking email because it, it, places that are like that these days generally have pretty high turnover rates. So um, it's definitely something I would look for and something from, from my experience, I've worked in intercom cumulatively over three and a half years ago, we could definitely something we have in space. Brilliant. No, that's great. Um, and then I just have one final question for you. So if you had a piece of advice that you could give to someone looking to move into the tech industry, what would it be? Sure. Um, so this might be, a, you know, there's, there's probably three things that jump out. I'll go through them quickly, not to go through too long. But um, and again, this might be kind of university folks. But like the first one is if you're in university, you know, uh, or you recent, you know, university grad, grades are important. Being able to show that you can, you know, you've achieved that you've got a high level of academic achievement in college is important. Um, second thing I would say is utilize your network. You know, uh, generally, you know, people are really, really happy when go out of the way. If you, for example, you're trying to apply for a job in Google or, or Intercom and, and you see that you've got a connection that already works there, you know, reach out to them. Generally, people in, in tech companies are more than happy to, 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 you know, give you the time you need. And that's huge because, like, they're going to give you insights to a certain role that you wouldn't get otherwise. They're going to give you real practical insights of what's involved on a day-to-day basis that you're, you're not going to get. Um, otherwise so you know utilize your network and even if you know even if you just find somebody in a tech company that okay well i actually don't know anyone who works here but this person there's this manager who has a mutual connection ask for an introduction you know generally people especially if you have a decent relationship with them are so so happy to to do that for you and so utilize your network is the first one um and then i suppose the the second is just it's the sort of you know when it comes to you know cv and the things you want to talk about in an interview um, there's obviously more specific skills I won't get into, but just having experience or being able to talk to times where, you know, you, you were under a lot of stress. Like what I, what I talked about, we had multiple different things going on. That's an everyday reality working in a tech company like Intercom, showing that you are someone who can take initiative, you know, that you're someone, again, these might sound a bit vague, but being able to show that you, you, you can take responsibility and that you've shown leadership before, and that you're someone who's who's a fast learner. I think that's a critical one as well, because a lot of the time in a fast growing tech company, people don't, and not that people don't, you know, care about your, your progress. It's the opposite of that, but that ultimately, you know, people are really busy. So if you're showing that you're someone who's not going to take a huge amount of handholding, you can learn new things quickly. Um, that's an unbelievably important skill. So, uh, and probably the most important thing I would say in terms of like, when people are assessing if you're going to be a good candidate or not, and when you get a job, you know, that uh, that you're going to be successful at it is, is a willingness to learn. Um, that manifests in a lot of different ways, but being able to sort of be a, a sponge when you come in saying somewhere, having experience that you can say, hey, look, here's a time I had to learn a lot of stuff quickly, and I did. 
Um, but being someone who's just willing to learn as much as possible, as fast as possible, uh, no matter what role you go into, that's that's absolutely going to stand you. And if I had to think of number one thing that like I've interviewed people or that recruiters I know would look for, apart from obviously hard skills for a role, that would probably be the, the most important thing. Great. Now, that's some uh, very sound advice there. Some advice that I'm going to have to take on board myself for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's everything for today. Thanks so much for your time, Sebastian. It was great having you on the show. Not at all. Thank you very much for your time. Pleasure to be here.